0: And it's been a long time coming, but it has been worth the wait to finally be able to tell you guys that the first episode is here, a podcast where we talk with footballers and people around football about football. And the reason why it's taken this long is because we're doing it with TV4 and Footballskanalen in Sweden. I'm your host, Amanda Zaza, and with me, I have Mia Eriksson. Tell us a little bit about why we're doing this podcast. I think the main reason we're doing this is because we
1: really want to give uh, not just footballers but people in the game and around the game a platform to really talk about the profession uh, they are doing every day in and out and all the hard work they put in. I would also like to call us, you and me, uh, football nerds. We want to know a lot and we want to learn a lot and we think it's I mean it it's not often women's footballers get to talk about how they improve their passing game or their attacking game or and stuff like that and I, I yeah I'm looking forward to get to know and learn a lot about football while doing this
0: and also getting to know each other throughout this journey and that also brings me to the fact that this podcast is divided into three different parts. I feel like each part represents you and I. Do you get what I mean when I'm trying to say that?
1: Yeah, I think that's was quite uh, it it's kind of beautiful to say that because I think we have different approaches and interests uh, in the way we want to tell stories about the game. I think that's what makes
0: us a good complement to each other. So, yeah, I'm excited. Me too. And also, the first part I will be taking care of it's a little bit more digging into the background of the player and getting to know them and why I mean why are they at the club they're at today and how did they come about starting starting to play football whereas you will be handling the tactical analysis part and speaking more in depth in football and their their role on the field and the third and final part we're doing together with our listeners because before we record with a player we ask our listeners to send in questions to the specific player so in that way these people can also be involved in the podcast because this podcast is as much ours as it is theirs because it's their pitch you can follow us on twitter at their pitch just one word or on instagram where it's their.pitch yeah let's get this uh, party started Vilde Borisa, 43 caps for Norway, 2 goals, and in July 2021, she joined the women's Super League club Manchester United, a club she has loved ever since she was a child. Borisa have spent the majority of her career playing in Norway and Sweden, and when she left Sweden, she won a title and she left with a bang. We're honored to have Vilde Borisa start off this podcast with a bang as well. As I said, we're here with midfielder uh, Vilde from Manchester United. I'm not gonna try to say your last name. I would say Vilde Berisa, but how do you say it in Norwegian? Yeah, that's pretty good, Vilde Berisa. Vilde Berisa,
2: yes. Yeah, that's perfect.
0: All right, so as we said, this is the first episode with Vilde. Welcome. How are you doing?
2: Thank you. I'm doing very well. And I have to say back to you. How are you? Because
0: all the English persons are doing that. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Mia, how about you?
1: Yeah, I'm doing good in my bedroom where, where I'm recording.
0: <laughs> Same. <laughs> we're. I think we're all in our bedrooms um, right now. Separate ones, I should add. So we're gonna introduce you a little bit. As I said, you're a midfielder for Manchester United, and you you came for this season, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm gonna. I have an introduction. I've talked to someone uh, who describes you as a player. So you're gonna have to guess who it is. I'll just say what they sent. They sent us in an email, and I will see if you know who said this. So here I go. Vilde is a player who is at her best when playing a six or an eight. She has a great ability to read the game and is always one step ahead when it comes to figuring out what the next step is going to be in any given situation. She is great at passing the ball and has a great ability to control the tempo when it comes to the attack, specifically when it comes to building the game. She also has a pretty good shot, which she should use more often. She is an individual with great ambition and shows good leadership. Velde is a player who is interesting to work with and who has a great development focus. First of all, do you think that kind of fits your profile as a player? Yeah, that fits me really well. Do you think you should take some shots more often?
2: Yeah, I think about it often. I want to do it, but then I see someone screaming for the ball and then I always pass to them, but I need to shoot more.
0: So who who do you think describes you like this?
2: Mm-hmm. It has to be someone that knows me well. I would guess for my national team coach, Martin Sjögren.
0: Yes. Yeah, good one. That was (laughs) absolutely correct. That's incredible. And Vilda, quite a generic question right now for me, but I feel like I do have to ask since we just got a good picture about your role in the national team. But who are you? What who's Vilda? Like a person. Yeah, and on the
2: field, I would say I'm a caring person. Always look after my teammates and in general persons around me. And I'm a hard worker and a very Like I need to have everything perfect, always working for getting it perfect and like to follow rules as well. So, yeah.
0: And on the field?
2: On the field, I want the ball all the time, try to play my teammates in good positions and uh, try to cover a lot of space defensively because we need to run a lot in the midfield, both the national team and in Manchester
0: United. And speaking about the national team, uh, you got your first call-up. In 2016, right? Yep. Take us through the process and feelings. How was that?
2: My coach told me earlier that I may be called up for that uh, camp. So I was prepared for it. But when I saw my name, I remember it was the photo of me actually on the website. So I saw the photo of me then I understood that I was um, joining. Just an incredible feeling. Something that I worked for a long time and I was in a good place at that time. Uh, So just extremely fun
0: so i heard i saw something earlier about maybe it being your mom's birthday and oh yeah <laughs> did you read that <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wrote some notes to remember. Yeah, um, actually, it was my birth, no, my mom's birthday that day, and um, also when I got out on the field uh, during warm up, they played a Beyonce old song, and that's my favorite artist. And they never play Beyonce, so I felt like I remember. I stopped and just thought that wow, this was special. And then I got my debut and scored after how much was it seven or eight minutes? I
0: think I read within five minutes of coming in oh is it oh that's good I think that's what I read I think you came in in the sixth to fifth minute and then you scored within five. Oh, nice I've been trying to do my research <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember so maybe but how was that to come in on your first you know your first cap and you score immediately almost mm, just
2: remember it being extremely happy and proud of myself just important for me because I always wanted to play for my national team on the highest level. So yeah, I felt I did good at that camp. Yeah, it was a good start.
0: You get that good start and you got your first goal. But then 2017 came, you couldn't play that season for the national team, you missed out on the Euros. Mm -hmm. How was that to know that you were in such good shape? And then you're missing out on the biggest tournament in european football
2: yeah i was in a 2016 first camp and then i got injured february 2017 and i remember one week after my injury i was supposed to go on camp so my first thought when i got injured is that hopefully i can go to camp and then i found out it was my acl so it was extremely sad for me not joining that tournament i think i would be in it but I actually traveled down with my mom to watch the girls uh, during some matches. And um, it was nice to, nice to follow them and see how a championship is in on the highest level. So I did one year of hard training and got back and I've played since that day. So it was, of course, sad, but I've learned so much about it as well.
0: Did you ever, on your way back, did you ever face like a setback where you thought that maybe you sometimes you were like, oh, I can't do this anymore? Or was it always, you know focusing on the next goal
2: Mm, you're always focusing focusing on the next goal but I think I started to run after like three months and then after six months I was able to to join some some with some football stuff but it was it was a hard time during or after six months because then you've been training for half a year on your own and you feel like you're not even close to be back and you feel like you're not a part of the team on the same way like before your injury so mentally it's really hard but I just kept on working and got my strength back and the last game training game I was supposed to play 60 minutes um something after 30 minutes something happened in my knee so I thought I took my ACL again it it was nothing (laughs) I don't know what happened it was just something in my knee and all my muscle got really tight around my knee so I couldn't run but uh, the scan didn't say anything, so it was nothing I could play the week after. So that was the only yeah, time I was afraid of not coming back.
0: And you also talked about feeling like you weren't part of the team, even though you were. Did you feel like you had the teammates of your support at all times? Yeah, I did.
2: And you always have it. It's just that you're not part of them. Like on games and during a whole practice, you're on your own on the side, uh, and then you can feel that you're not part of it. Um, but they're all they they were there for me all the time, so nothing to say about them. It's just a feeling, and I know everyone that's injured has the same feeling. So um, that's just part of it. So now, when people are injured in my team, I always try to take care of them and talk to them extra much to to make them feel a part of everyone's yeah, feelings and everything.
0: So you, maybe your injury has helped you perhaps to, even if you were before, but when players are injured, be more inclusive because you know how it feels to be doing your rehab mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah. I try to think of them, how they feel. We're going to go back to the Euros. It's your first European championship, right? Yeah. What, what are your expectations of the tournament now that you might actually get to play?
2: Mm, I have big uh, expectations for it. I think it's it's going to be a big tournament. I played the the World Cup 2019 and that was massive. Um, so I feel England is a very good country to play in. Uh, it's going to be a lot of uh, public and uh, fans around. So I have big expectations uh, for the tournament and hopefully we can do well in it for Norway as well.
0: You just said hopefully you can do well, but more specifically, how? what do you think about your chances as a team? Because the World Cup, you guys did pretty good.
2: Yeah, I think we have good chances. It's been weird with the COVID not having that many many camps together. So we haven't played that many games. But we just need to, to focus uh, on the defensive part and to work together as a team and Offensively, try to keep the ball more and create big chances. Um, I think we have we we can do very well. We just need to be sharp and work hard the upcoming nine months, eight months, something like that. Yeah,
0: you're talking about the team that you guys haven't played much together, but Norway really has some great players. I mean, Caroline uh, Caroline Graham Hansen just won, you know, Champions League. Frida Mare Måremjelda, yourself. Uh, what are some aspects that you guys need to improve on as a whole?
2: I think it's it's what I just said—the defensive part—to uh, stay together as a team and work hard defensively. That what took us long in the World Cup, and it's good that we have so much players playing in the biggest leagues, the biggest teams in the world. So we we work on that every day, and and need to be on our best every day. And I think uh, the offensive part, we, that's the best part in a way. That's our qualities. So we just need to, to be sharp and, and play well together. And then I know we're going to score a lot of goals.
0: So if you do have to pinpoint a time in your career that really puts you on the map internationally and with the national team, when do you think that was when you got that little, you know, that push that really puts you out there?
2: And it has to be the World Cup, 2019. Uh, I've st- I started all the games um, and played on the highest level of my career, playing against the best players in the world. And I felt that I did good. Uh, so yeah, I think that's
0: at what yeah developed me a lot during those those weeks there. Put you out there, yeah. And so you've been through quite a lot. You missed out on the Euros. You came back to the World Cup and you played the World Cup and then you won a Swedish championship with uh, Gothenburg. Uh, how was that to get that title? There's always a very tight at the end of the season between Gothen- Mekwahik and now, but Gothenburg back then and FC Rosengard, how was that to get that Swedish championship?
2: It felt really good. We worked hard that season. Um, and I think we were at second place for the whole season and then Rosengard lost two games in a row and then we were in front. So then they were chasing us uh, the last game. So we needed to win all the games. But we were on our best the last games and I think uh, the most important game, the last one, if we won that, we would, or we won the gold we won 7 0 or something. So we did a uh, very good performance and uh, my first gold, actually.
0: How, how was that to feel like? Your first goal?
2: It felt like finally, <laughs> finally, I've achieved something big. Uh, and I love playing with the girls, I miss them a lot. Um, so I felt like. We did it as a, as a group and we were good players and especially friends.
0: And what a lot of people don't know with uh, Gothenburg, I'm going to ask you a little bit about it, is that you guys won the Swedish championship and then the club just folded. Mm-hmm. They didn't know if anybody was going to buy it. They had no plan. They just gave the club away basically at the end of the day. How is that to be a player on a team where you don't really know what the future holds, if, if you're ever even going to get to come back? or uh, It was
2: a strange situation. Uh, I was back home in Norway. My contract were out, so I haven't extended with them. But I was at home, and then the teammates messaged me that we're having a meeting in like five minutes. And then I told them to keep me updated. And they during the meeting, they wrote... They're going to sell the club or the club is down. It's, it's not a team anymore. And I thought they were just staying it for fun, but it was, it was true. <laughs> and it was some weird days. And, um, I just think that the whole situation would or should never happen. And how the girls felt at that point was not good at all. And players were searching for other clubs. Like, do you want to buy me or? It was it was the weirdest situation uh, and I'm so glad that it solved that with Hecken and everything's fine now, but not not a good situation at all.
0: Do you feel like maybe that affects people because, you know, they just won the Swedish championship and then they're going to sell the club? Do you think people might on the outside might look at women's football and be like, well, this isn't serious. Why are we going to invest in this if they just won gold and now we're, they're not even going to have a club anymore?
2: Yeah. And also us, we feel the same. We were like, is this, are we not worth anything more than this? We gave everything for one season. We took a gold medal and now we're nothing to you anymore. Um, so yeah, we, or I thought that it would never happen for a men's team ever. Um, this is something that just happens for women. Uh, and it's, yeah, from the outside, it doesn't look good at all. And everyone was asking me, or thought that we didn't have any more money. But I don't know if that was was the problem, to be honest.
0: And at this time, you weren't, you didn't prolong your contract. But before you left for Norway, you actually did prolong your contract for a one day. How special of a situation was that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my contract extended the 15th, and we played the second Champions League game uh, against City away the 16th. So they asked me if I wanted to extend one day, and... I I played the first game, so I wanted to play the second one. So I extended it for one day.
0: <laughs> how 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 crazy of a situation is that? To know that okay, I'm just playing this game, and then it's yeah, no more. Yeah, it was more. a bit strange.
2: Yeah, um, I didn't thought about about it that much, but when people told me, like you know, you just signed for one day, <laughs> i would never <laughs> heard of it before. I knew I was.
0: It was strange, but it, yeah, it, it needed to be done. We've covered the football basis and a little bit about yourself but we're going to keep on talking about football but for those who don't know but probably most people do know that you grew up in Norway because we've been talking a lot of Norway so if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't figured that out now now you know for sure but you grew up there and how accessible as a young girl was it for you to play football
2: I played for my my local team from I was like 8 years old and I played with them until I got a professional contract in in the highest league club highest league with a club um in norway but it was uh, i had a lot of friends playing football and and all the girls were playing football so it was
0: accessible really much so it's kind of like here in sweden because i know i played football growing up myself and there's a there's a lot of clubs and you're always like when you're on break from school, you're always playing football or you're playing basketball or something else. Yeah. So it feels like maybe Denmark, Norway and Sweden are kind of similar Finland as well. Mm -hmm. And that kind of aspect that is quite accessible for us. Yeah, it is. And did you, when you started playing football, I mean, for myself, when I played, I was like, I want to do, I want to be a professional. I'm going to do this, but it takes so much work to be a professional, obviously but did you know as a kid that you wanted to be a football player?
2: It was nothing that I thought about that much. Um, it was something I did it because my family did it. My brother, my sister, my mom and my dad, uh, we've all always been doing sports, um, and especially football. So my dad was my, my coach. And, um, yeah I just played football all the time uh, at school with the boys um but it was nothing that I thought about that I was supposed to do my entire life or like in 20 years um it just happened um and I sometimes I thought about quitting when when it was tough times but I I just find it so much fun and always have the motivation to to be a better football player so that's what yeah that what that's the only thing I've thought about.
0: Do you feel like uh, women's football has changed in Norway over the years?
2: Yeah, I feel the last couple of years uh, has changed. With now, it's for the women's football they they put more money in it. It's more, it's more people that knows about it, and we're doing better and better. Um, but I feel still that we have some. We need to develop even more um, and to to get the young kids to play and to play longer because they all quit when they're 14, 15. So I want them to play longer and to have fun with it.
0: I feel like it's the same over here. When I did my... I just graduated um, and when I did my research paper for school, it was the same thing. Girls in the ages of 14, 15, even 13 sometimes they choose to you know go a different route they get more interested in other things and they choose to stop exercising and playing football or any other sports do you feel like the federations or the clubs need to do something from the grassroots even and start working much harder
2: yeah and i think the the federation in norway actually doing that they try um to get young kids to play longer and to make coaches or the mother and fathers like the ones that are training the girls to be even better. Um, and they have good plan to to make people play even longer. But it takes years to see if that works. But I think they're doing a great job so far.
0: Speaking about like Norwegian football, what do you think that Top Serien needs to improve in order to attract more young talent?
2: I think they need to, in football... Now, when things develop, it's a lot about how much money you have to get the professionalism and to, to get all the, the things around playing football. When we get that, and it's, it's a big change the last, the last years. But when we get that, it's, it's, I think it's going to be even better and more popular. We have a, a lot of young talent. Me, myself was talent and I played together with four of my best friends and we, four of us is still playing at the highest level. So we just need to to play long enough and to have good coaches. And then they want to play uh, for a longer time, I think. Because I've had good coaches almost my entire life. And if I didn't have that when I was 17, 18, I would maybe not play. It's so important.
0: That's important. It's also, I feel like for me as a kid growing up, I felt like it was important to come into a team that kind of had the same vision as you had as you have as a person. I think that's very important. Myself, I played for a really good team and then we moved away. So I had to switch teams because it was too far away to travel, to travel, to practice. And I ended up going to a team that, excuse my French, sucked really, really bad. And that kind of killed my motivation myself. So I, I think that's also important for, for players at a young age to be like, okay, but this is my team. And you don't want to be at a losing team and then you got to do what you have to do yourself. To
2: yeah, be. I re- I remember some of my friends came to came to trainings to dance like they didn't even care about the ball. They were just <laughs> dancing and playing games and I was so mad at them because I wanted to play. But yeah, you have to play for a good team and and to make the good players play together. I played with boys for a long time as well just to to develop and to get better opponents.
0: What's the difference in if any in attitudes that you have seen towards women's football in the UK compared to Scandinavia
2: like in the league it's a tougher league um, it's a it's a better league and with better players um, but um, again it's it's money and you can see that with the men's as well where you have the money you develop and get the best players so uh in UK they have a lot of world class players. If you see in Chelsea, for example, it's it's world class. Um but in the league or the football stuff, it's more physical and it's higher speed, it's higher tempo, so everything is a bit step up and it's yeah, it's tougher to play here.
0: And we do have to ask you this, because you're in the you're in the women's super league right now. Why? Why did you choose Manchester United? First of all, because
2: it's the club I share for. So when they started in 2018, uh, I felt that this is something I want to do. If I could play for Manchester United one day, it would be a dream come true for me. Um, So that was the first. The second was I've I've been watching them the last three years and feel like they're playing a style of football that I like. Um, And... Of course the league is I would say it's the best league in the world right now so I play against world class players every day. So just yeah being on the best spot I think.
0: So so just for clarification Manchester United is the team you you cheered for as a kid growing up as well. Yeah. And now you're playing for them. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's crazy isn't it? <laughs>
0: You said you followed Manchester United. Did you follow any other leagues? And was it your goal as a kid to be like, okay, I want to play at the highest level and the best leagues out there?
2: Not as a kid. As a kid, I just wanted to have fun with the ball and been dribbling and yeah, just, just with my friends having fun with the ball. Um, but the last years, and uh, when I moved to Sweden, I felt that I want to try to see how far I can come with football and, and what kind of level I can play and be good at. So... In the last years, I've been thinking of it. Yeah, I just watched Premier League, actually. Uh, and of course, um, some Spanish and Italian sometimes, but it was the Premier League that I watched mostly. But I didn't watch much football. I won't say that. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
0: We're going to move on to the next segment with Mia. And Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking a little bit of like technical analysis and football that she's really good at because that's what she does.
1: I think this podcast also should be about, you know, educating people who who watch football uh, and with your help uh, as footballers. I was thinking, you just said you didn't watch a lot of football growing up, but now as a pro player, how much of a football nerd would you call yourself?
2: Mm, I would not call myself a nerd, but I watch the biggest games um, and try to watch as much women's games as I can. Um, I always watch Top Serien back at home and sometimes Dammalsvenskan in Sweden. Uh, and of course, um, here in, in England as well. And I need to watch, uh, Champions League for men and Manchester United men. It's a lot of game during a week. A week is.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of curious about this because I find myself having trouble to just watch football now.
2: When you do it, are you able to just watch it for fun? It depends. It, it really depends uh, who I'm watching. If I watch, uh, a team in my league, I can't just watch them. I need to see the strength and what they're not so good at, so I know what I can use when I meet them. I try sometimes just to watch it, but I can often I I think of more analysis around it and watch the other players around the ball and not just watching the ball.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's the beauty of football because we all watch the game from this different perspectives. Now, if if we're gonna talk about the position you play, because I think a position and roles on the pitch are, are slightly different. I've learned. <laughs> so describe your role and, and your roles and the position you play.
2: So usually I play as a six in my national team. I play as a six and in Manchester United, I do, but we, we change about. Uh, being a six and an eight offensively, uh, but it's not that one of the players are a six and the other one is eight. It's both of them changing during a game. I like to stay in front of my center halves and to get the ball a lot and sometimes on the outside of the center half to get the space where the fullback is and push her wider and and higher in the field. So yeah, I uh, like to to move a lot um, and to always play forward when I get the ball and.
1: What's your relation to football analysis and analysis?
2: Um, When I played in Anna that's my Norwegian team that I played for eight years, Uh, we had a very good uh, coach that was good with analysis. So we watched a lot of clips from our own games and the opponent we were meeting that weekend. Um, So I've been having it a lot. We didn't have it that much in Sweden. And then I missed it because I'm so used to know everything about the players I meet and to watch the game again and to d- discuss with the other players what we missed and what we can develop the next game. Um So I've been doing it a lot in my career and we do it a lot in in Norway as well. So I do like it. I learned so much about it.
1: Do you think, I mean, it's a lot of things happening in the women's game right now as well. And And do you think that this also has developed... Football
2: analysis into the women's game. Yeah, i definitely think so. Uh, it's getting more and more popular, and we use more time with it, and we get different aspects from it, and to to see it in in different ways, and how to use it. So uh, I think it's it's getting more and more popular and and better as well. And. In what way do you think your own
1: performance on the pitch is affected, uh, looking at how much information you have before
2: getting into a game? A lot, I think, uh, for me as a midfielder to know where where the pressure is coming from, how they press, how many, uh, how like their formation is if they're playing five in the back or four. Um, if we have an overload centrally, uh, and to see if they. Play around me or big crosses is, is yeah it's it's important for me and to to visualize before I go into a game to know what kind of runs I need to do defensively and also where I can have a good position offensively. Can there be too much information? Sometimes, but that's that's mostly if you if you only repeat what you said. Uh, sometimes the coaches are really they're afraid of that we don't understand what we're supposed to do into a game. Uh, so when they repeat it like two or three times and first saying it at the meeting and then we're watching it at the movie or a film. And then we go outside to, to do it, um, at the field. It's, it's a bit too much because we, we understand it the first time. But, um, for me, I would like more
1: than less. So how do you prefer to get information? Because I mean, analysis can, can provide you with the information in different ways like you said video written reports statistical reports what's what's your to go to information
2: for me the best is video just to look at it and look at myself as well Uh, so into a game I would like to watch my opponent and and how they play their their games before Um, and for me to develop as a player I watch clips from training and go through it with my coaches so we can talk through it uh, at video. Yeah. So if you just
1: uh, get to choose one thing that is the most important thing for you to know when going out to play a game f- in your position and role, what would that be?
2: Mm, I have to say the formation they play. That That's the most important because then I can think through where the where the spaces are and which room i need to cover defensively
1: so we have a bunch of questions now from, from fans and hopefully
0: listener listeners that's gonna listen to this so uh, let's take it away so you've played with a lot of talented players but in terms of midfield partner who do you feel you're playing best with in terms of qualities on the pitch so far in your career
2: um, I think one of the best player i players I've ever played with is Maren Mjalda. I play with her in Annabjorna in, in Norway, and a little bit at the national team. But there she plays as a centre half. But um, she's such a good player and reads the game. And of course, because I had a good experience in the World Cup, I I love playing together with Inge Angen that plays for Barcelona now.
1: Playing as the link player on most occasions. What are some as- aspects uh, that a player has to focus on while playing that role? How quick does the de- decision making have to be when playing out of a good press? And how important is spatial awareness being this sort of link player?
2: I think the most important for a midfielder is to have the overview of the game. Uh, you always need to know where your opponents are uh, so you can create space around you. Uh, so I always, before I get the ball, I need to look around me to know where the pressure is coming from and where I can take my first touch. Um So I think the awareness of where your space is, is key as a midfielder.
0: How important is rhythm in terms of performances for a player? As a midfielder,
2: it's very important,
0: but it
2: depends on the teammates' qualities, if you have a winger or a forward that can do everything on her own just runs through everyone or it's the good dribbler and has a good shot they can do it on their own and we win with that but as a midfielder you or I need to have a good rhythm to to be in the game and to to have good um, space and distances between my players and the opponents
1: yeah and the next question is from Rob uh, what's harder as a midfielder defending a one-nil lead when your team is dropping back uh, or trying to break down a team at uh, 0-0 who have had a player sent off with a red card?
2: For me as a very offensive player it has to be defending a one-nil lead because then you're just running around the ball and and don't get that much pressure on it so for me it's better to, to aim to get a, a goal at nil-nil and and yeah, that's the best feeling for me.
0: <laughs> for the next question we have, which players do you look to for inspiration?
2: For female players, it is um, I. when I watch the Champions League game, Barcelona, uh, I just think they're amazing players. The whole team is such a good team and every player individually is so good with the ball. So to watch them is a big inspiration for me. And I learn a lot with how they take the touches and how they use the body in the duels. Um, and for men, men's players, I think Bruno Fernandes and Pogba in Manchester United is amazing players. And, it's, and they work so hard, but it looks so easy. Uh, and I've heard a girl in my team lives together with two boys from the academy. So they use or sometimes they train together with the men's team uh, and they just say that to play against those two players, it's unbelievable. You can't get the ball from them. They are even better than you think. So uh, they're just too good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the next question uh, from the position you play and the role you have on the pitch, tell us the differences you have picked up playing in different leagues and for your national team in a more, you know, like tactical approach?
2: In England, it's a tougher league. Uh, it's a higher speed and tempo. But from a tactical point, I think we have more tactics in my national team. Uh, and I also felt that in Norway and Sweden. So the Scandinavian's team, Scandinavian teams uh, do have a, a bit more tactics than the English team, I think.
0: What is your most important characteristic to play in your position? Do you model your game from another player? I don't have a specific player uh, but uh, I develop as a player
2: looking at other people um, and the ones I train with every day. So, uh, In my national team like for example, Paulina Gamhansen that plays for Barcelona is an incredible player and no one can play like her. She's a different kind of player so I try to learn as much as I can uh, with the offensive parts uh, from her and also how they work in Barcelona and how they think about football because it's quite different from UK. So I don't have specific players, but I always try to develop and to to learn for the ones I'm around all the time. And this one,
1: as a double pivot, what do you enjoy the most? The defensive role or the attacking role? But... I mean, I talked to, to one friend today who is an analyst in, in the Netherlands and he wanted me to add a little context to this one uh, to, to get the listeners to understand this better. Uh, because you can play a double pivot, you can use be used as one out of two sixes uh, that makes the midfield more defensive. And then you can play a double pivot also with a number six uh, and an eight that works together. Uh, where one is more attacking-minded and one is more defensive. So what do you enjoy the most?
2: Uh, I enjoy the most to have two sixes just because that's what I've played all the time in my national team and in club. Um, And I think that's good uh, with the defensive part to have two sixes and not two tens or two eights, depends what you call them. But as I said earlier, one of... Or the two sixes, one of us is always an eight during a game, so the one needs to get higher offensively. Um, But defensively, we stay as a a two compact. Um, But my favorite position is playing as a 10, actually. So (laughs) I want to get higher up the pitch, but they won't let me.
0: (laughs) What are your goals on a personal level for the season? Do you set targets for yourself to reach, such as goals and assists? or? Um my personal goal is to be in the start 11 for both my teams Manchester
2: United and Norway. It's a tough competition in both teams with top top players in my position and it's going to be tough to get one or to be in the starting 11. But with um goals and assists I don't write down numbers and and try to reach them. I'm just aiming to keep my numbers high but for me personally is is to play as much as possible.
1: In your position, what other positions and roles are the most important for you to collaborate the best with and why? Uh,
2: defensively uh, and offensively, I would say the center halves were very close to them and they can see everything that's, or I'm in front of them, uh, so they can have control with me. And also offensively, to I like to play in the pockets in between uh, in front of the opponent's center half, so Usually there's a 10 uh, or a winger coming in. So it has to be a 10 in the center half. Yeah, the player's central in the field.
0: What are the top, say, three traits of a modern midfielder? The first
2: one I would say always to want the ball. You need to have, as a modern player, you need to have the ball a lot and to play at the ground. And with that, you need to think further than what you see in front of you to, to not only not always just look for the first run but the run in behind maybe when someone's coming towards you and third I would say you have to run a lot you have to the, the football is getting higher speed and higher tempo so you need to cover big distances defensively.
1: And the last one from our listeners uh, as a center midfielder uh, is there any preferred formation or a formation that makes your job on the pitch easier
2: it's nice to have three in the midfield because then uh, you cover spaces defensively better and you connect offensively uh, but also in Sweden I played two years with three center halves so that's good when yeah defensively and also offensively to get them wider and it means that we can stay a bit higher up the pitch and I like that so yeah just to get an overload around me <laughs>
0: That really does cover all of those questions, but we do have the end section. We start off with the first one and it's, would you rather score a penalty or a perfect free kick from outside the box?
2: Definitely a perfect free kick from outside the box.
0: A good slide tackle or intercepting a pass that is about to break the lines? A good slide tackle. Assisting a goal with a delicious through pass or scoring one yourself? Assisting a gold. Yeah, because you don't shoot much. (laughs) No. (laughs) We clarify that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Coming on from the bench and making a true impact that leads to a win or starting in a mediocre game?
2: Shit, that's hard. (laughs) Because I want to play, but I also want to do great. I would say starting in a mediocre game, actually.
0: Yeah, Causing a tactical foul for the opponents or taking one for the team?
2: Taking one for the team
0: and for the last one we have promised your fans to ask you this question and it is have you heard your latest song oh yeah from the fans yeah I've heard it Uh, it's amazing actually it's very good and that about wraps this, this episode up we would like to say a huge thank you to you and thank you for being on here and we hope you enjoyed it yeah it was very nice thank you for having me